morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Oh, there we go. Way better. All right. So glad you are with us as we continue in our series called Intentional Living. Uh, last week, we kind of started out just talking about uh, how easy it is for us to sort of just drift our way through life, right? It's so easy just to kind of do the thing, right? We, whether we're students, we get up and we do school, or if we are adults, we get up, we go to work, we take care of kids, we make supper, we do dishes, we do Facebook, we do Netflix, we do whatever, we go to sleep exhausted at the end of the day, and we get up the next day, we do it all over again. We said it's so easy for us just to go to cycle our way through lives, and all of a sudden, days and weeks and months and years have gone by, and we look back and say, I'm not sure I've invested my one and only life in the stuff that matters most and so we said we, we last week we talked about our time specifically and and, and uh, how we kind of step back a little bit and say how can we use our our the time of our lives the most important and precious commodity we have we can always get more money right but you can't get more time it's a finite set amount of time that we have here on this planet and so we said how can we possibly use the days and the weeks and the months and the years that God has entrusted to us and invest our lives intentionally in stuff that matters, right? In stuff that will actually matter 100 years from now, right? Or 150, not, not just the stuff that seems really important today, but tomorrow doesn't really seem that important. Like, why did we do that? Like, but like stuff that really will last. And so we looked at that from a biblical perspective. Uh, today, I wanna to talk about um, how can we intentionally uh, build and and grow in our relationship with God. And so that's kind of what we're gonna focus on today, spiritual growth. It's one of those things that, uh, uh, I mean, we've done lots of surveys, we've done lots of uh, studying and stuff on, the, on this kind of stuff. It's one of those things that I think everybody always feels like, if I, if I were to say, hey, how are you doing in your walk with God, like one to 10? Most of us are probably like, well, I'm not a 10, <laughs> I'm not a one, I'm not, I'm maybe a little better than a five, maybe a little worse than a five, depends on a six or a seven or whatever. Uh, but, but a lot of times we are exactly in the same place as we were last year. And exactly the same place as we were the year before that. Sometimes some of us have come to Christ and so there's been a, a, a huge influx of growth and we've, we've seen some significant growth, but it's pretty easy to stall out in that and have that be one of those on the to-do list. Oh yeah, I'd really like to get better at praying. Oh yeah, I'd really love to know what God's word really says. I keep hearing people talking about amazing ways that God speaks to them. I'd love to learn to hear the whispers of the spirit. I'd love to learn to hear him speak in his word. But, but we never seem to get around to it. And so uh, today we're going to talk a little bit more about how can we intentionally grow as we're starting out a new year. Praise the Lord, right? 2020 is gone. We are, we are into 2021 now. And it's been a heck of a week. Right? <laughs> but, but, but we're like, how, I, the kind of spiritual growth that we're talking about means that we could be rooted in Christ in ways that no matter what storms come our way, we could stand. That's what we're going to be talking about. So how, can we, how can we intentionally grow in that direction where we can know God's peace and his joy and his love, even in the midst of storms, that we can stand firm with him? And so that's kind of where we're going. Yeah, I was thinking this week about so many of the great stories in the Bible. I, I, I went all over the place. And it's, in fact, I'm a little bit uh, ADD today, so stick with me. I'm kind of jumping around uh, some different passages. But I was thinking about so many of the passages in the Bible that I love, so many of the stories uh, just from life and from uh, you know other Christ followers of my own life that I love. And I was, I was kind of reflecting on them and thinking, you know what I think is true about me? Maybe this is true of you as well. But... 
I think what's true is that I really like instant success stories. Like, I love stories like David and Goliath where seemingly 80-pound weaklings wake up one day and take out the biggest bully in the world, right? Like, what a great story. That's fantastic. I love that kind of thing. I like stories about churches that go from zero to a thousand in a year and all kinds of people come to Christ. I like stories about losers that can't win an election to save their life becoming the greatest presidents in history. I love stories like that. I like stories about inventors that, that, that invent things that change and transform the world. They start out in a garage, right? I love these rags to riches stories, these, these stories of seemingly unlikely kinds of instant success uh, just kind of springs out of nowhere. And I think I like those kind of idealized stories, uh, even though they might be somewhat short-sighted or uh, maybe even um, misrepresentations of reality. But I think I like them because deep down, I really want that to be true for me. And I, I wonder if you do too. I mean, I want to experience instant and easy success. I want to wake up one day and change the world, right? I mean, I want to be the hero of my own story. I want to be used by God to do extraordinary kinds of things. I want to experience kind of that overnight success. I prefer to believe that heroes and giant slayers and famous presidents are born and not made. I prefer to believe that greatness is just in me. Maybe it's dormant right now, but one day I'll wake up and poof, right? I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll be there and we'll just magically move forward and change the world or whatever. But here's the truth. Here's, here's what I think reality is. I think the reality is that leaders... Uh, great leaders and world changers and giant slayer, slayers and even great Christ followers, they are not simply born that way. They are made. They become that way in little moments behind the scenes when the doors are shut. Their character, are, their character is forged behind the scenes, sometimes even through failure. Their souls get developed on their knees and behind, again, closed doors in small moments, in small things. Over a long period of time, they become who God made them to be, and then God uses them to change the world. It's like 20 years of hard work in the dark, right? And then all of a sudden, they're an instant success. I think that's more the reality we start seeing as we really dig into these stories, as we really look at what reality is. And I want to just look at a few of those today because I think it's so easy for us to tend to kind of rewrite in our minds stories like David and Goliath. But it turns out that it's not really an instant success story at all. I mean, yes, it is true that David is an 80-pound weakling that de did defeat this 9-foot-tall Goliath on the 41st day. Yes, it's true that the 41st day did come, right? And uh, Chuck Tate would be proud. And, and, you know, God used a young boy in a great way to change the world. It's true that David jumped from relative obscurity into the spotlight on that day. But let me just read a little portion uh, of that story to you, the whole David and Goliath thing. And I just want you to, to hear, like, is this is this just an instant success story, an overnight zero to 100, you know, kind of thing, like, boom, all of a sudden greatness is there? Or is there more process than we uh, typically think about? First Samuel 17 um, says this. So it says, but David, so this is David talking to King Saul, because King Saul's kind of interviewing him, questioning him about how this little guy that's before him expects to defeat the biggest bully in the world, right? He's kind of like, what, what makes you so special? What makes you so strong? And this is kind of his answer. David says to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, he said. 
and I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, I struck it, and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine, he's talking trash now, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord, he says, who has rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. It's a fantastic story, and I love uh, some of the stuff that we find out in there. But one of the things that I think is great is it's we, we see even while David has been out in obscurity, he's been taking care of his father's sheep, which is kind of a kind of down the food chain in terms of importance and spotlight, right? It's it's, it's a ways down there. Even while he's been doing that in secret, he's been training, right? He's been learning, and he's his. Faith and his trust, his confidence in God has been growing and growing and growing by the way he lived every single day of his life. And it's easy to kind of read that and read right over it and think, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the big deal is. But I, I want you to put yourself in the place of David for a second and imagine what that would be like. So you're out in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> Up in the hills, out of town, way away from anybody else. You're just there watching your sheep. You have no automatic weapons, right? I mean, there's no, like, there's no, like, you know, bazooka or machine gun or anything. You have a stick. That's what you have to protect yourself, right? You have this, this staff, this stick, and it's you, and you're out there with the sheep, and everything's going great, and all of a sudden, a mountain lion or something comes after the sheep or a bear or whatever, and they kill one. They're hungry, right? So they, they kill one, they eat it, and then they're looking for their next meal, and they turn to you. And you're sitting there, you're locked eyes with them, right? I mean, you're looking at them, quivering and shaking a little bit. Your boots, your knees are wobbling. And you have a choice to make. What are you going to... They're not even your sheep, right? They're your dad's sheep. Nobody else is around. No one will ever know. It's only you and the sheep, and the sheep aren't talking, right? I mean, I guess you're, you're good, right? I mean, you got to... It would be so easy in that moment just to turn, tuck tail, and run, right? Take off. And yet David says, no, no, no. When, when that happened, I went after him. I went after him. And, and it, it's not just a one-time thing. He's like, I went after him again and again and again and again. And in the midst of that, his confidence grew. But it's not confidence in himself because it's clear, right? He, he, doesn't, he doesn't come to the conclusion and say, you know what I learned? I learned that I'm strong, right? I got this. Right? He, didn't say, he didn't say, I'm so clever. I'm smarter than them. And I will just, that's not what he learned. He said, you know what I've learned? I've learned that my God is faithful. And he can rescue me from bears. And he can rescue me from lions. And he can rescue me from any challenge that comes that way. He'll rescue me from this giant that's before me today. And I just was thinking about it this week and just thinking, man, we've had a giant before us the last year or so, haven't we? I mean, at least at least one. And there's probably several. There's probably lots going on in our lives. And, and, and if we wait until the giant is standing before us and we expect greatness and courage to come, to come out at that moment, but we haven't trained, we haven't prepared for that moment, we will likely tuck a tail and run or we'll get knocked around by fear or by lies or by whatever else. And I look around at our, our culture and that's what I see. I see a society of people that we're spinning around, we're disoriented, we're freaking out about whatever at any given moment. And I'm just looking at us going, man, if, if ever there was a time for us to learn to grow and to, and to learn to 
stand and have confidence in the Lord, doesn't it seem like it's today? I don't want to be that way in 2021, do you? And, and greatness, if you will, and spiritual growth and, and strength to be able to stand, it doesn't just happen like that. It is made, right, in the day-to-day-to-day -to -day -to -day decisions that we make. And practically speaking, it's as we grow in our walk with God, as we learn to trust Him, as we learn to know His truth, as we learn to get closer to Him in our relationship with Him, that's where we learn to stand. It was in an everyday moments when nobody else was watching in an unglamorous job that a shepherd boy built his character and his strength and his confidence in God in such a way that he was able to stand when the giants came. Well, I was thinking, that's one story. There's tons of them. Another one I'll mention, and then uh, I'll, I'll lead you to kind of find others on your own. But another one, another example of this is found from Daniel, right? Daniel and the lion's den is another one of the highlights from the Old Testament. Not sure if you are familiar with that story or not, but the king of kind of the land in that day made a law and said, you know what, here's the deal. Um, I am all for prayer uh, throughout our land. In fact, for this next season, anybody who wants to pray is free to pray, but they have to pray to me, the king said, right? He had kind of a Messiah complex. Anybody that's praying to any other God, including the one true God, he said, no, no, we're going we're, we're to kill you. Well, <laughs> that's just not going to work out well for you. And so... Uh, and so they kind of put, put the word out throughout the entire land and kind of threatened everybody. Like, the time has come to come and pray to me. And uh, I want you to, to, to kind of pick this up a little bit because Daniel's response to this test, I mean, he doesn't just magically rise up uh, to the occasion on that day. Uh, he wasn't just stronger or more full of faith than everyone else. He trains, and I want you to see this. Uh, Daniel chapter 6, verses 10 and 11 says this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem three times a day. He got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God. And what does that say? Well, it's in orange, just as he had done before, right? Then these men went uh, as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Just as he had done before. It gives you the idea that this was a rhythm in his life, that this was a discipline, that this was something that happened day after day after day after day. Three times a day, in fact, it says, Daniel got down on his knees and he sought the Lord and he communed with the living God. He poured out his heart to him and likely he listened for his leadership and the whispers of his spirit. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and it is there that he got strength to be able to stand up to a king. Right? It, was, it didn't just happen in a moment. It didn't just happen in a day. That kind of character, that kind of faith is built in private, in his, in his home, right? With, with the door shut. I think, uh, I, I mean, I, I hear stories and I read stories like that in the Bible. And I don't know about you, but I want to be courageous like David, right? I want, I want to be uh, able to stand for God like Daniel did, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. I want to know God and I want to speak to him face to face like Moses did, right? I, I want that. I want to walk on water like Peter did. I want to change the world like Paul did in planting churches. 
I mean, don't you? I want to be like them. But here's the problem. I think that for, for many of us, probably almost all of us, so often we desire the results of those things, but we don't want to become it, right? We don't want to walk the day-to-day -day journey of allowing God to shape our character, of allowing our minds and our hearts to be deeply rooted in the Word of God. We don't want to actually do the work of, of really learning to know God and learning that His promises are true and learning uh, you know, that He really is faithful. Uh, I, don't want to, I don't want to have to learn the lessons of stepping out in faith with no safety net. Uh, I just want to experience the results of it. Anybody else ever feel that way? Like, man, I really, I really want to be that, but I don't know if I want to become it, if that makes sense. I don't know if I want to follow the journey uh, to get there. Well, here's, uh, here's kind of where we're going. I'm going to read a couple more scriptures. First Corinthians 9. We're going to jump ahead. Here's one. I'm skipping. Skip that one. Uh, First Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. It says this. Don't you know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? He says, run in such a way to get the prize. Everybody who competes in the games and the Olympics goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I don't run like somebody running aimlessly. He says, no, I do it on purpose. I do it strategically. I do it intentionally. I don't fight like a boxer that's just beaten the air for no reason. He says, no, I strike a blow to my body. He's saying, I discipline myself and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. First Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, train yourself to be godly, for physical training has some value, but godliness has value for all things. There, there's this sort of call from Scripture that says, man, train yourself. Don't just imagine that tomorrow you're going to wake up and poof, it's going to happen. He says, no, in the day-to-day, -day, in the moment-by-moment -moment stuff of life, train yourself in godliness. Train yourself to trust God. Train yourself to grow up and be deeply rooted in Him. Discipline yourselves Spiritually, come up with a plan that will help you grow so that you can become who God intends for you to be. You gotta practice, you gotta run hard after God and His plans and His purposes for your lives. Well, so uh, how do we do that? I wanna talk just, uh, just practically. Again, this is not rocket science kind of stuff. This is not super hard. None of these things will be things that we say, oh my goodness, if you've been around the church for any length of time, it'll, it, they won't be things you'll be like, oh my goodness, I've never heard that before, right? I mean, like, this is common sense. It's stuff that we know, but so often not stuff that we practice, right? And if we want to grow in the upcoming year, if we're going to be intentional about growing in our walk with God, about becoming who God created you to be, then it's going to involve these three practices, okay? There's plenty more we could do, but I wanna talk about three different kind of spiritual disciplines, three different pieces of a training rhythm that I guarantee you will lead to growth in your own walk with God and will root you deeply so that you can stand no matter what comes. First one is this, it's read God's book, right? Read in his book and put it into practice. Spend some time reading and learning to hear God's voice through the pages of his book. And basically have a quiet time. Learn to, to open up his word and, and 
hear it and receive it and put it into practice in your life. This is probably the greatest spiritual training practice there is, right? It's, it's where we learn to connect with the Lord. I mean, this book has brought salvation to people. I know plenty of people that have come to Christ simply by reading the pages of this book. Their entire lives, their family lineage, their eternity has been transformed because they opened up the pages of this book and they met the living God there. I know people, myself included, whose lives have been transformed again and again and again and again because we opened up the book, we read it, and we put it into practice. It's, it's probably the greatest way that we can grow in our walks with God, and yet it's so easy to just drift through our days and our weeks and our months and never do it. What we talked about last week, we said, you know what the only thing you have to do to not grow is? Nothing. nothing, right? Nothing. It's so easy. All we have to do is just kind of do the same routine that we, we constantly do, and we will just drift our way through life. But what if we intentionally step back and said, you know what? I'm going to do what it takes. I, I don't care if it's five minutes a day or ten minutes a day. I'm going to set aside some time. I'm going to put it in my calendar. I'm going to put a little reminder on there. I'm going to use a plan, get some account. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make sure my next year, by this time next year, I have grown with the Lord because I've opened up his book, I've read it, and I've put it into practice. Rocket science? No. But transformational? Absolutely. Right? This thing will, will change, your, change your life. I, uh, oh man, I, there's a bunch of things I could say, but I'll, I'll go ahead and read uh, this from Ezekiel. I was reading this a few months ago in my own uh, time with God, and this picture always strikes me. Ezekiel is a pretty uh, whacked out kind of book. God has him do all kinds of kind of weird things as, as imagery or pictures uh, of, of the way uh, God feels or is responding to his people, and his people in this season have sort of abandoned and wandered from God. They've drifted probably from God in significant ways, and so he says, he basically is saying to the people, in this uh, particular passage, he's like, you're dead, right? Inside, you're, you've, you've kind of died. And I want you just to, to see this picture, and this is what he says. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me, Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. Again, this is kind of an image, a vision of sorts. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry, very old. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, I don't know, right? He said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Verse 4, and then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then all will know that I am the Lord. So this is the imagery that he gives him, right? And, and I love the imagery because he's saying to his people, people that have drifted, people that have wandered from the Lord, people that have maybe said, oh yeah, I want to grow with God. Oh yeah, I want to be closer to God. Oh yeah, I want to, but they've never really gotten around to it. He said, you know what? This, he said, when we detach ourselves from the word of God, he says, we shrivel up and die spiritually on the inside. And he says, but when the word of God gets spoken to you, when you read it, when you open it up, you know what it does? It brings 
brings you to life. It causes you to flourish and you start spiritually, you start breathing again and life and breath return to your lungs and you come alive. You say, basically, this is my interpretation, right? I'm, I'm jumping ahead to application here, but basically if you and I want to grow up, you got to come to life in our walks with God this year, would you open up the word of God? And let him breathe into you. Let him bring you to life. Would you listen and hear the word of the Lord? And then would you put it into practice in your life? Amen? Amen. 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 All right. Man, there's so much good stuff uh, we could we could do with that. Um, I'll just kind of summarize. I mean, the primary way, right, that God speaks to us, he teaches us to recognize his leading, his presence, his working in our lives is through his book. If you're not hearing from God, then maybe you just need to raise your intake of God's book. It's how we learn to hear his voice. Uh, I can't remember somebody famous said, said, God never stops speaking until we close his book, right? And I, like, that's true. I mean, every time we open this book, God, the living God is speaking, not just generally. He's, it's not just a, a book written by, by a dead guy, you know, whatever. It's the living God is speaking to you in the pages of this book. And he will bring you specifically to life. I double dog dare you to read it this year. I mean, maybe for some of us this year, seriously, maybe, maybe we've never done this kind of thing before. And 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 maybe maybe the action step for us is just to, to start doing it, open it a little bit. Maybe it's five minutes or three minutes a day. Maybe you start. Uh, uh, I usually start my mornings. I'll read the verse of the day and I'll read the, the whole chapter that it's in, just as a way to kind of get me get my eyes. Uh, focused on the Lord and kind of get me thinking for the day. So if you've got the YouVersion app on the Bible, if you don't, it, there's a link to it in our app. So you can click on Bible in the Ignite Church app and it'll take you there. But the, it's the YouVersion Bible. They've got tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of reading plans. Maybe you start there. They take a couple minutes a day. I did one this last week. It was the Chuck Tate, the, uh, the you know, four, 41 will come kind of thing. And so that was just kind of, that was kind of fun, right? I mean, kind of a fun uh, reading and just kind of reminder uh, of this story, which is why you got some David and Goliath uh, today. But it's, it's, it's a great reminder. It just kind of helps focus your eyes on the Lord. But as you start reading, the living God starts would you get into the word? Maybe you're used to that and maybe God's calling you to go deeper. Maybe maybe for you this year, maybe you need to read through the New Testament. If you've never done that before, ah, it's good, right? It's so good. Start with the gospel. Start in Matthew and, and, and read on through all, until you get to Revelation. It takes surprisingly little time, 10 or 15 minutes a day. You can easily be through the New Testament this year. Even if you can even have a cheat day a week, you can still get through the New Testament this year, right? But, but start opening up the book and reading it. Let God shape you and speak to you and bring you to life. Okay. Uh, 2 Timothy, I guess I'll hit this one too, right? All scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Listen to this. So the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I wonder if you need to be thoroughly equipped for whatever is coming your way in 2021. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be able to stand, right? And be thoroughly equipped for whatever comes, for whatever giant comes my way. I want to be ready. And how do we do that? We do that scripture, through God's word, his, his very word to us. All right, second one again, uh, not that we have a problem knowing it, but sometimes we have a problem doing it is prayer, right? Prayer is one of those things, especially, man, don't ever ask 
many of us to pray in public, but even in private, like that kind of prayer, it's like, get on your knees. And you're like, okay, I don't really know what to do. I'm thinking about my task list and everything just needs to get done today. But sometimes we just don't know how to do it. You know, again, I'm sorry, I'm jumping all around, but go with me. But like, if I wanted to get better in my marriage, you want to know what, I, what the coaching would probably be that I would get at least some of it? It would be get better at communication, spend time together, talk, share what's going on in your heart, and then listen to, to your spouse sharing uh, and, and what's going on with their heart. And that's how we go back and forth, right? We, we talk and we listen and we do it again and again and again, day after day, you know, minute after minute, hour after hour. That's how marriages get better. That's not the only thing, of course, but like that's a key component is sharing and listening, right? And doing it over and over. is simplistic, I'll give you, but, but it's true. And I'm telling you what, friends, the same thing is true in our relationship with God. If we wanna grow in our relationship with God, yes, we want to hear his word, right? And we're gonna put it into practice too. But we also wanna pray and like share our hearts and learn to listen to the whispers of his spirit as well and communicate and do it back and forth. Share our hearts. It forms, I mean, it draws us closer and closer to the living God. We come to know him and connect with him in ways that are unbelievable. There's tons of scriptures that we could look at. I, I put a few in. I'll, I'll, I'll hit one more. Ephesians 6, uh, 18 says this. It says, and pray on the pray in the spirit. Listen to this. On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. You see what I'm doing with the emphasis there? What kind of, how often do you think we should be praying here? Always. I mean, it's like, pray on all occasions. Pray for everybody. Pray for whatever. He's just saying, pray, 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 pray. Obviously, there's tons of passages like this. The next one, uh, Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer. Devote. How many of us would say, oh, I'm devoted to prayer? <laughs> I mean, that's probably for a lot of us. We're like, yeah, not so much. <laughs> like, that's not really my thing, right? Devoted to prayer? But, but God says, man, this is, this is so critical. Be devoted to prayer, to connecting with the Lord and, and sharing and receiving and communing with the living God in prayer. Get down on your knees and open uh, your heart and your head and your life up and just be together and communicate with the living God. Oh, so much good stuff there. Philippians uh, talks about not being anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition to present our requests, to drop our requests, to entrust our requests to God and the peace of God, which guards our heart, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The, the peace of God which transcends, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But again, what do we do with anxiety? Drop it before the Lord. James talks about, you know, is any of you happy? You should pray. Is any of you sick? You should pray. Is any of you doing great? You should pray. Is any of you doing bad? You should pray. What should you should pray? Pray always, right? I mean, uh, I mean, we're just told again and again and again throughout the pages of God. But part of the training that God has for us, if we want to go closer in our walk with God, is learning to stop, stop. The craziness, the phones, the everything. Just stop. Push that stuff back and pray. I shared with you, I don't know, a few weeks ago, God's been getting me up early the last couple of months. And uh, there's some good 
good sides and some, some downsides to that. But one of the great things that's come out of it is I've had some awesome time with the Lord because I'm up before anybody else's hours before anybody else's in my house. And it's cold and I take a blanket. And in fact, I've got one blanket in particular I like. It's my prayer blanket, right? But I take it and I put it around me and I put it over my head. And I, 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 can, I just sort of hide out in my little tent with God and just spend time pouring out my heart and drawing close and listening and, and just sometimes just sitting in his presence, right? And knowing his joy and his peace and his smile. And sometimes I'm anxious and so I'm pouring stuff out. I'm dropping him at his feet. Sometimes I'm just praising him for who he is. But I would, you know, sometimes I'm lifting up the stuff of my day or, or different people or different circumstances that, that God brings to mind. But it doesn't really matter. It, it's, it's that time. It's ourselves to prayer and I'm not saying you have to you know you hear stories of people that spend like six hours a day praying or three hours a day. I'm, I'm not talking like if, if you have the gift of intercession you probably should be but like for, for the rest of us right I'm not talking about huge amounts of time hours and hours but would you take the next step if you're not used to actually praying that way at all I mean some of us will say oh yeah I pray as I go through my day and that means like at meals, we say, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for his food, you know, his food. amen. I mean, and that's great, that's fine. But like, some of us will, will say that we kind of pray, we kind of do, we'll say, oh, God, help here, or God, help here. But there's something powerful about carving out some time. This, I think especially at the beginning of the day, before all this stuff rushes in, and it comes early, right? I mean, the stuff rushes in, those the stresses and the stuff that's going on in the world and all this crazy, before we get to Facebook, before we get to anything else, to carve out some time and push that stuff back and just sit and pray and be with the Lord. And I'll tell you what, we come to life. Oh, I've got some great quotes I should, I should read. Uh, listen to these. Craig Rochelle uh, says, uh, our prayers invoke the living power of God. We are not praying to a distant, uninvolved, hard to please God. We're praying to a loving, caring, personal God who calls us friend. Isn't that great? Yes, I say to that, right? Mother Teresa says this, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be, the mightier the forces against evil. Do you think our world could use a little bit more of God these days? Do you think we could stand to push back the mighty forces of evil, push back with the mighty power of God? Do you think we could use some more, a more prayer-soaked, a more prayer-saturated world? You better say yes or I'm going to come over there. Right? I'll give you a Bible study. <laughs> Let's, right? But that's absolutely we can. Oswald Chambers, listen to this. When a person is born from above, basically born again, the life of the Son of God is born in him. And he can either starve that life or nourish it. Listen to this. Prayer is the way the life of God is nourished. Isn't that good? And one more, Ian Bounds says this. Prayer makes a godly man or woman puts within them the mind of Christ, the mind of humility, of self-surrender, of service, of pity, and of prayer. If we really pray, we will become more like God, or else we will quit praying. That gold? But it's good. I mean, it's true. I mean, good. the good stuff happens. Man, prayer is like 
our umbilical cord to God. It nourishes us. It brings us to life. It's a way that we commune and connect with the living God. It's ways that we uh, move forward. And so, man, for some of us, we need to learn to pray this year. And again, even if it's five minutes or ten minutes where we actually stop and I don't know, I think there's something powerful. I'm not like a legalist or something. I think there's something powerful about actually getting on my knees. I like to pray on my knees. But it kind of helps me to focus in and just spend some time. Maybe you need to just say, you know what, in the morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the chapter or the verse of the day, or I'm going to read a chapter out of one of the Gospels as I read through the New Testament. I'm going to read whatever, something from the Bible, and then I'm just going to spend five or ten minutes on my knees with the Lord. And then, yes, the rest of the day, the kids will get up, and everything else crazy will happen from there. But, like, at least we can start our days with him. I, I'll tell you what, friends. You do those two things, and you will grow. <laughs> I guarantee it. You will grow this year as you remain in him, as you as you uh, stay rooted in him. Third thing, and I'll say this one quickly, uh, but the third one is just practice living by faith. I mean, it's one thing to read, uh, you know, to read about forgiving your enemies and loving those who persecute you and praying for them and like all this. It's one thing to read that and say, oh, mm -hmm, that's good. Oh, truth. We could, we could post it and hashtag truth, right? I mean, we could, we, could, we could be like, oh, yeah. It's another thing to actually live that out, isn't it? That's, that requires a step of faith where you're like, in, inside, you're like, but I don't want to. But they, they robbed me and then what they said or what they did was horrible. You have no idea. And there's this moment where we have to decide are we going to walk by faith and trust God and what he says, right? Trust the God who is speaking to me and actually put that into practice or not. And, and, and we're told over and again, Romans, right? These are anecdotal at best, but it's Romans 117, the righteous will live by faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. In Hebrews, there's an entire chapter called the hall of faith that, that just says, kind of says, this is how we should live. It gives examples from the entire Bible about men and women that follow God by faith, where he said, leave home and follow me. And they did. Where they said, where God said to them, build an ark in the middle of the desert because a flood is coming and nobody else believed them, but they did. And they are applauded, so to speak, by God for following him by faith. It's Faith is a muscle, right? That needs to be exercised in order for us to get stronger. It really is. It's critical in order for us to grow spiritually. I remember uh, years ago, I'll give you an example. Uh, I remember years ago when uh, our girls were little, little things uh, that I built a swing set for. And uh, it was super fun. Uh, got one of those Menards kits, built the whole thing. Had the rock climbing wall, had a couple swings, had the slide, sandbox, you know the, you know the deal. So I, I built this, and uh, with a little help from a couple friends, but but built this thing. It turned out pretty good, and and that was great. And uh, one of my girls was a little more timid at the time, and she'd been in school or I don't know preschool or something, whatever. She was, I think, at school. And uh, she had seen, she had one of her friends who was kind of a daredevil, and we'd go on the swings, and you know, like, we'd be the kid that's, I mean, little tiny things, and, you know, swing it as high as I can, we'd go, I mean, you know, like 20 feet off the ground and fly off the swing, right, and land on the ground. She had a daredevil kind of friend, and this, and this girl was having a ball. She loved it. She loved the thrill of it. And so uh, one of our girls decided, they're like, I, I think I'd like to learn to do that. But they were terrified. They were scared. And so uh, we decided that we would put her in training. 
And so every day I'd come home from work and we would have jumping off the swing training kind of thing, right? Kind of, and, and so like we it literally, like you, you think I'm making this up, I'm totally not. <laughs> but, but like literally, like the first day uh, I, I'd set her on the swing and I was like, the first step is just to scooch off. Like, so like you're sitting there, scooch off to the ground. And so we're like, three inches to the ground, <laughs> it's not very far, but like we put her back and do it again, do it again, do it again until she was pretty comfortable with that. And the next day I'm like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to pull you back like three inches. I kid you not, like the, the total span, the total swing is probably six inches. So I, I pull her back like three inches and I'm like, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to let it go. And when you swing forward, I just want you to scooch off again. Right? Kind of thing. You're like, oh, that doesn't sound so hard, right? And so I, I, I pull her back. I release it. She goes like six, six inches forward. She's white knuckling the chains. <laughs> like, like, I can't do it. She started crying. I mean, we're doing this whole thing. And so I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be harder than I thought. And so I went inside and I found a picnic blanket and I brought it back out and I made up some cockamamie story, right? Like some crazy story about like, this is the super duper blanket that will protect you if you fall. Okay, I lied. But it was like, it was like it'll be soft. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no way you could possibly get hurt if you... If if you jump onto this blanket. So I put it down before her. And I mean, we talked about half, I had her feel the thing. Oh, look how soft that is. Wouldn't that be fun to fall into? I mean, like we did this whole thing and it just went on and on. And so finally, you know, I, we, I pulled the swing back three inches. I let it go. And even though she was scared, she was like, man, this is like a super duper blanket. So she jumped into it. She's like, you know what? I did it. And so we did it again. And we did it again, and then the next day, we went a little further, the next day we went a little further, finally she was full on jumping off the swings. And I share that story just because it's a fun story, really. But no, I, I share this story because I'll tell you what, spiritually speaking, some of us uh, have been around the church scene a while, we've been around Christ a long time. Some of us know more than enough about the Word of God. And what God is saying to us this year is trust me and jump. Right? It's time to put into practice what you already know. Yes, it's great to, to be able to quote the Bible and say, oh yes, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's good to say you should forgive. You know, it's good to say you should love your neighbor as yourself. It's good to know those things, but they're meant to transform our lives. And so there might be somebody that's, that's wronged you and God is saying, it's time. Trust me. Put it into practice and jump. It might be. It might be an opportunity that God's going to give you. God's put somebody around you that's far from God or something, and He's going to give you opportunity to point them back to Jesus. And it's going to be scary. You're like, man, I don't want to be known around the office as the freaky Jesus guy that's going to, you know, whatever. And you're going to be like, I don't want to do that. Why will they? And God's going to say, just trust me and jump. It's time. Some of us need jumping lessons, right? Just learn to jump off the swing and trust God into it. And the, the thing that's crazy is as we learn to follow him, and, and it just gets better and better and better, doesn't it? It's, it's basically learning to trust the Holy Spirit. It's what we talked about throughout our, our entire Acts series, right? But as we do this, our confidence in God increases and increases. Our confidence in his work increases. I don't know why, because it's true, right? Because it works, because he's faithful. We get to say, like David, I mean, can you imagine coming off the battlefield that day with David? <laughs> like, like, yeah, he's saying, yeah, you know what? I, I trusted God. I followed and the giant fell before me. You think he had some increased confidence? I mean, he had increased confidence from the bear and from the lions. But how about from the nine foot tall Goliath? That'd be a pretty 
good day. It had to be a pretty good era where he was able to trust God for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Friends, you and I can trust God for 2021. He can handle anything that is coming our way. But it is going to involve us being intentional, rooting ourselves in God's word, learning to commune and connect and even just drop the stress and the junk and confess whatever else on our knees in prayer. And it's going to learn us learning to live and to step out by faith and to follow where he leads. I don't know what God's saying to you today. I'm not sure, you know, which I've given application all the way along. Maybe it's, you know, you need to really, it's upcoming year, you need to put some practices in your lives so that day by day by day by day, you're, you're getting input from God's book and so that your soul can come to life. Maybe, maybe you already do that. And maybe for you, prayer is the hard thing. I, know, I think a lot of times one or the other one of them is harder for us. For me, the word is a little easier than prayer. I have to be a little more intentional about prayer. Uh, the word comes pretty easy to me. But maybe that one's, maybe prayer's harder for you too. And maybe you just need to carve out some time, a place and a time. Put it on your calendar or it ain't happening, right? I mean, make make a date with God, so to speak, right? I mean, you got to put that sucker on the calendar and say, what do I need to do? How can I get five or 10 or 15 or whatever minutes with the Lord where I can connect with him and pray, pour out my heart and receive from him, just enjoy being in his presence. Or maybe for you, maybe there's some stuff you know of, right? Maybe, there, maybe there's a particular uh, area that you know God's asking you to jump out and walk by faith in this upcoming year and trust him and maybe it's getting involved in some ministry maybe it's something financially maybe it's uh who knows maybe it's like i said maybe it's something as, as simple as as putting some of the, the word in practice somebody to forgive or there's somebody that needs to be pointed to jesus somebody you need to serve somebody that you need to love and welcome into your home i don't know like would you be willing to put that into practice not just once not just okay check that off the list i did that for this year but day by day by day, would you be willing to say, God, I want to be led by you. I want to be directed by you. I want to be shaped by you. Would you fill me? Would you use me? Would you lead me? Would you be willing to pray that prayer every day and then follow and step out and jump where he leads? Let's close in prayer. Father, we need you. We love you. We forgive us for too often and too easily just drifting and choosing the easy path and the easy route. Forgive us for being stagnant or even lukewarm spiritually. Lord, we just ask that you would cleanse us by the blood of Jesus, that you would forgive us, that you would make us new, that you would draw us close. And I pray as we walk into this new year, uh, I pray that you would teach us some of those rhythms of life, that we can walk and know your grace, that we can be filled with your spirit, that we can be rooted in your word, and that we can learn to stand on our knees as well as we as we bow to you and connect with you would you grow us up would you give us just an insatiable hunger and thirst for your presence for your word just for life with you embolden us fill us afresh with your spirit and send us out as well to follow to live to jump to step out in, in, into your kingdom into the ministry and the life that you have for us uh, we pray that your kingdom would come and your will be done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.